Welcome inside the coach's room, the number one podcast for football coaches that want to develop. Every week we talk to elite coaches and backroom staff to hear about their experiences, how they develop and how they develop their players. This podcast is brought to you by Football Webinars. Football Webinars wants to support you to become a better coach. If you want to support us, then become a member so we can keep inviting elite coaches to inspire you. It's very important to align uh, with the coaching staff. What will be, yeah, of course, you will know that as a physical coach, but what will be the emphasis of that training? Yeah. What will be the goal? Um, and what will be the drill leading up to my warm up? I really big believer in consistency. So don't change too much too often because of the circumstances. In this episode, we talk to Sam Veringa. Sam is head of physical performance at FC Nordjylland. With Sam, we discuss setting the bar when you start a training session and how he has a role in this as the performance coach. We talk about pushing talented players to the next level. And we discussed what is the most important in the warm-up and getting players ready to train. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure that you subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And for now, enjoy this episode with Sam Feringa. The lead physical performance coach. Yeah. We were kind of discussing already, shouldn't it be lead physical development coach? But we'll, we'll go in that later. That's a good question. <laughs> it's yeah. an interesting question, but let's start with the standard question first. We see a ball behind you. You're at the club. I know that. Yeah. Is this your office where you're sitting or is it just a meeting room? No, I'm actually in the chairman office. <laughs> chairman lounge, they call it. Uh, yeah, you can lock it up. So it's uh, the best place to have. It's the safest place to talk. Yeah, point. exactly. And and view on the pitch. So I can also have a close eye on the trainings going on. That's nice. Is there something on the pitch out there or is it empty now? No, the women's are training. So ah, okay. yeah, there's actually training. Well, if yeah. you're distracted by the football that you're seeing, then we know <laughs> It was a good shot or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Are you involved with the women's or? or um, yeah, not on a daily basis, but uh, the physical coach um, working at the women's. Yeah, I'm work pretty close uh, with her as well. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll get into later what you are involved in, also the international project that that Nordjylland is a part of. So that that will probably will be a subject. But yes. um, uh, yeah, to start. You have your own office or what is it situated and how is it situated and what is your most important item in your room? Yeah, so we have uh, an office downstairs. We call it in the basement. Uh, okay. Luckily, we have some daylight in there. Uh, not a lot, but it's it's good. And it's an office where actually all the, the staff around the first team is. So the head coach, the assistant coach, the analyzers, the medical staff, uh, physical staff. Uh, even the nutritionist, um, everyone that's involved within the first team is, is in the room. Um, we have our own desks. And yeah, that's where we work on a day-to-day basis. It's um, statuette in the in the building, in the main building, um, in the in the stadium itself. Uh, so yeah, it's it's very easy. 
And the the most important thing for me in that office, um, and I know that most of the physical coaches will say that is 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 the whiteboard, and then particularly the the daily planning board. Uh, I'm quite a, a planner, um, and um, that's where we, yeah, uh, draw the whole layout for the training of that day. Um, and yeah, that's that's quite important for me, uh, but also for the whole staff uh, to know exactly. Uh, what are we going to do with who, who's going out when, uh, how long, uh, etc. So we kind of tracked you through uh, Colin. He didn't nominate you, but he in the discussions before we started the podcast, we already talked about you. And he also said, okay, my whiteboard is the thing that is central in my work. It's, everything is there. So that's a pretty, well, there's a comparison there. Yeah. Yeah. I have a weekly planner and a, and a, and a daily planner. So to look a little bit further ahead and yeah. and to just look on a daily basis and uh, yeah, okay, it's important. And how is it situated? So every every morning you are you gathered around with the staff around the board. Okay, this is the well, maybe the coach is probably leading that, but you have your input as well, and you are uh, steady, saying okay, this is important or this is what we do or this is the load we're going to give them. That's the situation there. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Um, actually, the system itself was was already in place before it came. I uh, it came uh, last summer to Denmark, um, but yeah, uh, the assistant coach and I align most of the times a week, sometimes a little bit longer ahead what what we were go yeah. going to do, uh, and then on a daily basis it's more about the details. So the medical staff will give their inputs. Uh, most of the times they will walk in around eight thirty. They've seen the the injured players by then. Um, and let us know if there are any updates or things that m- might have changed the schedule. And then it's just written down step by step. So the warm up will take 10 minutes or 15 minutes, lead by Sam with these topics. Then we move on to a passing or position drill, et cetera, et cetera, uh, with the numbers of the players in there, with the topics. And then we just talk through the training. Um, who has which roles? It can be that I might have to take an offside somewhere or I have to look at specific physical things. Yeah. Um, or maybe that I want some coaches in my warm-up to uh, to be part of. So, yeah, actually talk all the details most of the times from 8.30 to 9, and then uh, the players will come in for breakfast, and then we already know uh, actually what yeah. we're going to do. Yeah. You lead every – well, you op- kind of open every session with the, with the warm-up? Um, yeah. Yeah, but or I do it or I instruct some coaches to, yeah. to do it in the way – that uh, makes sense. Um, but I, I, I have another colleague full time around the first team as well. And I tend to like to, to mix it up sometimes also for the group, uh, yeah. to see some different phases, but most of the times I would say 70, 80% it's, it's me. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect start of your session. You, you get to set the atmosphere in each session. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that something that is natural to you? Because, because you sent me a video that you were leading the, the warm up at your previous club here, Fane. Yeah, yeah. You were pretty well in that clip. Maybe I don't know. There were pretty, maybe other moments as well, but you were pretty strict. Okay, guys, we need to be more. I don't mm. know what the word, but it need need more rhythm and more pace. Pretty demanding already. Is that your style? In, in... yeah, I would say that I'm quite um, yeah, not all over the place, but but uh, yeah, the players will hear me, and and I I'm a strong believer in in what you put in, you will also get out. Okay. Um, so if you are standing on the sides with your arm crossed and just looking at, sometimes it's good to look at the game and see how it develops. But I'm also a big believer if you want intensity in a certain drill or 
exercise, yeah, you also have to put in intensity. So most of the times the the goal of the warm-up is not only to get them in the right state of mind physically, but also mentally uh, yeah. to get them ready for the for the training ahead. On what moment did you realize that? Because if you if a lot of coaches have these moments, okay, I have, at one point you realize, okay, my body language is one or the way I approach it is one. But at a certain point you realize, okay, I'm going to set the pace here. So I, or the pace or the atmosphere or the whole, I'm not saying you're going to influence two hours of training sessions, but you're at least going to set the baseline. What yeah. moment did you realize, okay, this is important? I think I was quite young and it was not only, it was not, on the on the football pitch, I think I, I was 16. Start working in a yeah a private gym uh, in my hometown, uh, and and had a side job as a strength and conditioning coach. Just started as a strength and conditioning coach in um, in tennis, um, and that's where I just made a lot of hours um, in front of groups, in front of kids, um, and there you just yeah, it was an easy way for me to play with. Okay. Uh, what happens if I do this or what happens if I do this? Or I know this drill is going to be very, very tough and demanding. How can I let them succeed or something like this? So I think it, it all started there. Um, and like a lot of coaches say, it's it's uh, an experience. Yeah, how you say? Uh, a faringsfuck. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's a job that that is leading. But, well, <laughs> your experiences make your qualities in this case. Yeah, so I think uh, you need a lot of yeah flying hours and then... Uh, it started all there, and and I'm still learning every day. But uh, you 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 can see the faces of the boys when they walk on the pitch. Like Wednesday, we had a double session, and it was four o'clock, and it was around zero degrees here. It was already getting dark, and then you have the second session, and then you know, okay, I have to do something in this warm up oh, yeah. to get them going, and not just run two laps and then say, okay, <laughs> good luck. So yeah. Uh, yeah, is that a natural thing for you? Are you like you need to be a little bit you need to be a little bit extroverts for this? You need yeah. to maybe go out over your own maybe emotions or whatever but you have to be very enthusiastic is it something that's natural for you yeah i would say yes yeah i think if you ask my uh, teachers at the high school they will not say i was a quite uh, <laughs> <in my> classroom <laughs> yeah great well yeah. i've noticed that in my experience i tended to be a little bit quiet and in the one points i tended to be very strong so enthusiasm mm. was always a little bit of a struggle because I could be fierce and I could be laid back, but in the middle, the fun part that was always because I'm a, I said somebody that enjoys quietly in the back. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, as a coach, you need those moments. Very, no, not a lot. Let's call it like that. Especially if you are the one that's opening up the session. Yeah, yeah. but you need a, a good balance, I, I guess, in the team. Uh, because if you have four times me, it's also not working. Uh, and it's also good that players find out themselves and, and, and coach each other. And it's all, it's not that I'm always that um, yeah active in, in warm-ups, but most of the times I, I do. So I think you need to, to find a balance there. Yeah. Um, and that's really important. Okay. And then the group of players you work with, cause, because that's very interesting on your situation. We already kind of tapped into that first. Uh, when you started, you work for uh, FC Nordjylland, yeah. which is Owned, I have to say it correctly, which is owned by Right to Dream, who have academy in Ghana and in Egypt, if I say it correctly. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Because it changed slightly last year okay. because um, Right to Dream bought the club a few yeah. years back. Um, 
and Ran to Dream is founded by Tom Vernon, um, one of former scouts at Man United. Uh, so quite uh, famous in, in the football industry, but he, he started, founded the, the academy in Ghana. Um, and now Ran to Dream, or FC Nocheland, how you want to say it, is also partially owned by the Mansour family uh, from Egypt. Uh, so the Mansour group, um, yeah, is also owning a big ah, part right. of its shares now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and and that's um, yeah, um, Red to Dream is 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 growing uh, and growing quite fast, and they're building a almost finishing up a new academy in Egypt, and uh, already looking at the future project projects. So yeah, that's right. Okay, so okay, that's let's say the the structure that's behind this and the organization. But the effect is that you work with a lot of young, uh, talented players from Africa. I think mainly, um, yeah. uh, which affects your daily routine, affects your daily life. Because you came, let's say, from a average pro club in the Netherlands, uh, <laughs> of course, Essen Vein, which I grew up close by, so I know it a little okay. bit. But uh, it's also a typical club. But okay, there's not a, a different construction there, or it's just a, a Get their players from the region and, and further but that's it but this is a completely different situation with a lot more adaptations and uh, one of the youngest professional squads well especially in denmark but throughout europe i think yeah i i have to look it up but i know that i looked it up in hinvein because we tend to play with a young squad there as well yeah and then i always saw fc Neuschland on top Somehow, yeah. and I was like, "How young must these kids be?" <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I started looking into it more and more. And yeah, I think we're one of the youngest uh, teams in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you, before we go into your work and how it relates to your work, but yeah. a little bit, okay, what, what type of players do you work with on a daily basis so people have an impression? Yeah. So I think it's a uh, it's a good mix of, uh, like you said, a lot of players uh, coming through the Right to Dream Academy. Uh, so that means that they had, yeah, their uh, first years of, of football, but also first years of of, of school and, and college in Ghana, uh, and then made the step uh, to Denmark. Um, and it's also a club where a lot of, uh, yeah, Danish but also Scandinavian players that are talented uh, come because they know they will get a chance yeah. over here in the first team, and it's a, it's a nice, yeah, podium. Of course, it's the highest highest league in in Denmark. To play at, so I think it's a good mix of, um, yeah, players from from like you said, uh, the Right to Dream Academy in, in Africa, but also a lot of homegrown, uh, yeah, Danish talents. Or, yeah, we have a young player from Norway as well. Like, they also make the decisions to come here because they know the academy is famous for, yeah, letting players uh, uh, break through at a young age and, and giving them the possibility to do that. Average age. I would say around 20, 21, something like this. Yeah. And what's uh, the oldest player? Do you know? Um, it's our captain, Kian, 31. Uh, okay. But I have to admit, we bought a new player this winter break. And okay, okay. I think he's a little bit older, but I'm not sure. So I have to look that up. Yeah. But yeah, so 31. You have, these, you have a few of these experienced guys. Yeah. The rest is if because if one player or two players are above 30 and the average is still around 20, okay, then the rest is very young. Yeah, we, 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 a lot of the weekends we, we play our goalkeeper last games was 19 years. Uh, some of our strikers, uh, one of them is 17. Uh, so it brings down the number quite a bit. Yeah. 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 And that's why we're saying, okay, so you are head of physical performance. I also like that they put the word physical in it because a lot of clubs have a head of performance and then you, 
sometimes you have to think, okay, what is it both physical or an analytical, but you make yeah. a clear distinction in that. Um, so I had a physical performance, but working with such a group, they, I can, can imagine that it affects your style because they don't not only have to perform, but they have to develop. That's kind of what we're saying. And they also maybe still have to learn how it is to play on this level or how to, they have to learn how to develop even. Um, so, so how is it, how is that coming into your daily routine or in your planning or well, in your work? Yeah, that's the, I think the most interesting uh, area to, to, to work in within this club to, to find the right balance between performing every weekend and, and, and still developing all these big, big talents for the next step. Um, and I think it's not, not only me is doing it, but the whole club and the whole philosophy and the whole, yeah, project actually, like we call it, um, has to stand behind it and uh, always need to look at the long term because if you're going to play some talents, uh, young talents, like you said, and never played at the highest level, you will know that they are going to make mistakes and it will cost you maybe also some points yeah. or some rankings. And um, and if that's going to affect your decisions to not put them in the team, then it's also going to affect the decision of those talents by not coming here because they will yeah. not. Uh, be allowed to make those mistakes so it's always finding the balance between uh yeah uh, letting them grow by by letting yeah they make mistakes and and finding the balance between also having a team that performs and i think that's on a daily basis uh, the most interesting part because yeah you also have to look at your trainings and and, and all this so yeah it's it's uh, it's very interesting okay what is the what is the biggest challenge for for let's say you as a staff when you are working with these players okay i can imagine consistency because the talents can be they can be how do you say it, genius at one point and the week after it's it's gone what is in your opinion the biggest challenge yeah i think i think that's one um and um how do you say S still try to get close to them that they um uh, they also need to stay hungry or something like this because um, it, it it's not the end stage for them. They will come up to the first team um, quite young. And uh, for some players, when you're 24, 25 and you're at the first team or you got sold to a different club, okay, I do my trainings, I play my games and, and that's it more or less. Yeah. But these talents, they have to have this hunger for, for more and for more and, and, and uh, yeah, challenging them every day to, to invest. Um, more and more because they are that age that they have to do so. I think uh, that's not the the, the the challenge, but yeah, but but most of the times the most uh, fun part and the most important part, I think, uh, in the job we have here. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, the challenge is, is of course, uh, consistency and, and um, of of playing a lot of young talents. Yeah. Okay. So, so learning them that this is not the end stage, or that or challenging them to go further. That is, there's a part because I, is it also then the case that these towns they made it, let's say to Europe or they made it to a bigger league that they maybe also feel okay. Ah, I'm now here, I can relax. But then the journey actually just starts. Yeah, it's. I think it's a natural thing when you when you have this this goal as a young kid to become a professional football player, uh, sign your first contract, and maybe get into the team. Yeah, that's yeah. some sort of. Ah, I I did it. 
yeah. comes into place. And and that's normal maybe for a few games or for a few weeks, but then you have to turn the switch again and say, okay, but this is, I'm, I'm going to, I want to be the best of this team. I want to be decisive yeah. every week and maybe I want to make a, a next step. And I think, uh, yeah, that some of the players need sometimes those wake-up calls or even when they are maybe playing four games and then suddenly one of the other talents is better than them. And then it's also a place where they can go out again because yeah, someone else is training better and performing better. Okay. How are you coping with that? Um, because you never experienced that before. Um, or an injury or something like that, because a lot of things, especially at the high level is uh, a lot of times at a high level, uh, is, is where you get real adversity. So real setbacks and, and through their childhood or, maybe yeah uh career young career they've always been the best probably best talents uh oh wow you you can play uh and uh, oh make the next step oh now you sign your contract oh you made your debut and and it's all good 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 and yeah you know it yourself as well but sometimes in life it's not always good and then how we deal with that is is going to define eventually how, how your career also will be yeah you are the physical coach so you have yeah. an influence on that as well but how do you how do you cope with those situations? Because you see this young ten, this young gun coming up. He maybe plays two, three games. Always, but this is for you. But for every coach on any level, this is recognizable. Because even if you're a U15 local coach, you have maybe this U14 kid coming up, and he's there and he's good. And then at one point, you see him slacking a little or whatever. Yeah. What is your strategy to cope with it? Cope with these situations. Um, I think it's all about relationships with the guys. Let's start with, um, and then, um, yeah, I know Colin also used the word, but I, I really big believe in consistency. So don't change too much too often because of the circumstances. Um, because uh, it's natural that you will start blaming something, or it's because of this, or because of uh, we do too much strength training, or we don't yeah. do strength training, or and if you're going into those discussions or you're changing your program every time something happens like that, then um, yeah, you will lose them. So I think it's really important to get them on board on the program and, and then consistency. So even on those days, uh, yeah, get them in the gym or get them the extra effort on the pitch that you agreed with them uh, to do uh, and keep keep doing your plan uh, because it's easy to say, ah, you're not playing. Okay, it's not so important. I will focus on the 11 guys that are playing. But no, it's also yeah, uh, now important for you to to step it up. So what I hear, if this happens with one player or with players, you don't change too much, not in your approach, not in, well, especially because one player cannot affect the whole way of working. I, I, I realize that you don't change the way he has to work. You just keep him in the, in the rhythm or in the, uh, in the structure. And then it's up to him to, to, to come back to his level. Yeah. So that's on the, on the, 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 the program side. But yeah. on a on a more relational side, of course, each player has his favorites. But of course, it's important to to take in and listen in and okay, how is he doing? How is he feeling today? And sometimes give a little bit more, and sometimes take a little bit more. And especially, I think with young kids, they have to learn also to cope yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, and and that's also one of the reasons we have quite a big team around the first team, because all the players know. Okay, if I've been put on the bench, this is what I do. Uh, I am frustrated, but okay, now I'm gonna do this, this, or this, or yeah, and these young kids maybe blame themselves or or the other way around, blame everything else. Uh, so so they have to learn it. So uh, yeah, try to speak to them, try to listen to them, and and 
um, I'm not dictating the, the starting 11. So for me, it's easy uh, to talk with uh, yeah. with the boys and, and I'm only there to, yeah, everyone is here to, to help them develop, but um, on the physical side. So that's where I will be focusing on then. Yeah. yeah. And is there a way that you also uh, measure this? For example, do you have a questionnaire every day before the session? Okay, how do you feel? How do you feel physically, mentally, whatever? Is it the way that you track this? Yeah, it's quite a, a strict system we have, yeah. Um, so questionnaires in the morning uh, about fatigue and, and the mood and everything. Um, and then questionnaires about the training itself after the training, how they experience the training. Um, and then that the, the loop goes on every day. Yeah. yeah. What is the What is the most... What's the, what's the information that you get out of this? And how do you use it? Yeah, so in the morning, that's also something they have to learn. Um, they will rate themselves how they recover um, yeah. and how they feel. And you also have to learn the, the player. Because if you have a player that always gives himself a six, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then a seven, then it's not that high. But if you have a player that always gives a three and then a seven, okay, then I need to talk talk to him. So yeah. it's always how you to, yeah. You cannot flag only the ones with a seven and say, okay, everyone that has a seven is not going to train or maybe only an hour today. So for me, it's sometimes a, a way to approach a player or stay or, okay, hey, I saw that you're a little bit sore in your, in your groin. What's going on? Did we do too much kicking yesterday or whatever? Um, yeah, or some, some, sometimes the way, other way around, like, okay, we had a really tough session. Everyone is tired. How can it be that you still yeah. <laughs> feel like, uh, yeah. like this? Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a, actually the numbers for me are most of the times uh, yeah tools to to start conversation with or uh, also an easy way for players uh, to just give us a heads up uh, before they come to the club because they will do it at home. Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. It, I think it's so. Well, it triggers me to think because you have young talents and I'm <clears throat> well. It, no, I have the feeling that that you're in a situation that a lot of these t- talents. They also need first to learn these processes exactly like you're saying. Okay, I come in and there's all these things that I have to do. Uh, and why maybe do I have to do it? And, and what's the benefit? And maybe even uh, in any club, people think, okay, I feel sore, but I'm not going to fill it in. I don't want to pretend I'm weak. But yeah. you have to learn, okay, this is for your own development. This is the best for you. This is a whole process that takes maybe a couple of months before you have Every well, before you have a new player aligned in the way of working, that he trusts it. Maybe that's also a thing. Um, and then at one point, okay, then the investments really start to come out. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and and that's also uh, the nice thing here is that most of the players that we have here are homegrown, so they are either been part of the academy in Denmark for a long time yeah. or the academy in Ghana. So and we work in the same way. So when they come to the first team, they fill out the same question as they do in the U19 or in the U17. They have the almost the same gym programs as in the U19s or in the U17s, etc. So the step um, is big, of course, going from an academy team to a first team. Uh, but it shouldn't should not be that big on those yeah uh, things aside the pitch because it's already big enough to play for an audience and, and, and play on that level and uh, with the TV and everything. And if then also suddenly there's the questionnaires come and the strength training is totally different and the load and etc. Yeah, then it's going to be, uh, so that's the, the benefit of having a lot of talents, but also having a lot of talents for a lot of years in your academy because you can really build them. So I think that's also one of the main things that 
FC Neuschland is quite famous for is, is yeah the academy and how they structure and 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 build up to this first team and that's also why so many young talents can break through because it's it's been built up in the years before. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So very clear structure. It's something that I notice anyway in in Denmark with FC Michelin who also have a very clear structure in their academy and the first team Copenhagen. I don't know exact all the details, but I'm pretty sure we spoke to Stefan that they are also speak of one language. There's a very clear pathway between the youth and the senior team. There's a lot of guidance. Yeah. Is that it, it? How was the? How was it for you to step in such, such a structure? Because okay, in the Netherlands everything is there as well, but I have have the feeling it is better structured in Denmark. Um. Yeah, I don't know if it's better, but it's different for sure. Um, or aligned or something. I have yeah, I think the <clears throat> the step is less big, so uh, it's yeah. it's um, it's more how you say the environment is sometimes a little bit more open um, to just come and and there's a lot of switching between teams as well. Uh, players joining from the U19 in the first team and the other way around. Um, we have a lot of players in the first team that can still play games for the U19. So yeah. in a weekend, sometimes five of our first team players just play with the U19, but they train whole week with the U first team. So stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it's. Um, I think it's it's a different structure, and and I think it's also a necessity for a club like this because if the gap was too big, or you have a totally different vision at the first club, uh, first team, you will not be able to. Uh, yeah, flow them in into your first team because they will break down because it's it's something totally different than what they are used to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's so important that 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 guidance and the steady flow to the first team is there because else you will not uh, yeah make it or not that many will make it. Oh. No, and then, and you told me as well that there's a clear long term strategy as well. So it's not influenced by coaches that are coming in or out. Told me yeah. the head coach has signed the contract for five years, which says something about what well, says something about trust in that person, but it also says something about the policy that the club has that yeah. they are looking five years ahead with one person, which I don't think a lot of clubs do. Uh, and then you have, yeah, then you you can build a clear method or policy, whatever you want to call it. But there is a clear pathway. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 for sure, and it not only goes with the football staff, but also with the support staff. I also signed a, a three-year deal, and that just gives you some ease of mind and, and something you can build from. Uh, that you know, okay, I will be here for at least the coming three years, yeah. and, and 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 we can start building this together um, instead of already now worrying about okay, what what where do I be this summer or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's. Uh, that's very strong, and I'm also a big believer. If you have the right people, um, why not give them the trust? Uh, because it's football; you cannot give long-term contracts. I don't, I don't believe that. But of course, it's a, it's a business where uh, a lot of things can happen quick. But um, yeah, I think uh, at least at a club with a philosophy like this, it's important to have consistency. Yeah, well, I think everywhere, and I, I, I strongly believe that. Well, the more northern you go in Europe, no, there are always exceptions. But the exceptions that I talk with, let's call it like that, they have this in place. Yeah, and you are one of them. How yeah. was your? How was your? Yeah, how is your experience so far there? Maybe compared to the Netherlands. 
Um, yeah, good. In general, good. Um, I, I really like it, the, the way we work here. And it was also one of the reasons why I signed up for this yeah. adventure. How, how did you How did you end up there? Because it's is it a logical choice. You know, the only, maybe you saw it in the stats when they say, hey, these guys have young guys. <laughs> with that. Yeah, how was did you end up in Denmark at Nordschland? Yeah, it's a, that's a good question. Um, um, it was actually, yeah, headhunted, just to call yeah. it like that. Um, I was not looking for a different job or uh, having, I still had one year contract left in, in Hinfein. Um, and I, I was also enjoying it there. Uh, but then I received a message uh, via LinkedIn and started to talk a little bit and then started to get more and more talks and getting more and more excited. And it was also something me and my wife spoke about that if there is a possibility to to go abroad, it's yeah. more in my area than in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was something we, w- we would like to do at some point. And um, yeah, this this came not at the great timing because we just had a son of two months and bought a new house. Okay. Um, but yeah, sometimes you have to make... Well, selling a house in the Netherlands is not a big problem at this point. Uh, we kept it. <laughs> oh, you we kept it. That's a good choice. That's a smart <laughs> choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sometimes you have to make... Uh, difficult decisions to get something nice and and, yeah. and yeah for now uh, we are enjoying life in, in Denmark it's a, it's a beautiful country and yeah very well structured like the Netherlands is as well we live in Copenhagen um and this club um is is um, is very nice place to to work and you have so many good people around you and you can just feel the hunger of of getting better each day and 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 growing and um yeah a lot of possibilities yeah but what was the the thing that you were, well, in your first impression was, or what was it that you were most impressed with? I think the whole right to dream um, academy um, philosophy, like giving people all over the world the possibility to play their game that they love yeah. so much and, and, and actually give them the opportunity to uh, yeah, perform at the highest level. Uh, high stance and, and uh, really chase the, the dreams. And I think, yeah, they are really doing that because a lot of, a lot of people are uh, companies saying it, but, but they are really doing it. If you look at the stats and you know, look at the names that, that yeah. pull through. And uh, I think that's, that's so cool. And that just got me thinking like, okay, this is, is not only a football club. It's uh it's a big purpose as well. Yeah, it's literally a dream. Become yeah. Concrete. Let's call it. Yeah. 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 How does it affect your, how does it affect your work or is it, is it something that everybody realizes? Is it, is it, it is part of the identity of the club, but I'm thinking now, but, but how, how do, does the club get that idea constantly installed in everybody there? So don't be satisfied. This is, this is your dream, but yeah, you have to go to the next step. How does the club push that? Um, yeah, I think, uh, only due to the fact that there are so many opportunities around the first team. Uh, if you only look at how many players we used in the first half of the season, uh, almost everyone that trained with us in the first half of the season played some minutes in the okay. Superliga. So if you train good, yeah, you will not always play, but most of the times the coach will just uh, give you the chance because believe in talent and 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 uh, the possibility is very very big. Um, and. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the reasons that that a lot of the players here talents are so hungry because they know if I put in the effort, I will get this opportunity. 
um, and uh, and to show myself and and to show what I'm capable of. Okay. And how did it affect your development? Um, I think I became uh, even more a team player. Okay. So I'm I'm of course responsible for the first team and and working around the the first team a lot. Um, but I'm also trying to build the whole physical performance team within the club. So that means the, yeah. the physical coach around the U17s, U19s, uh, the physical coach around the women's, the physical coach for the lower academy, uh, being in contact with the, the guys in, in, in Ghana um, and try to, to really yeah, push each other and, and, and get on the, the same line. And I think uh, that's something that if I look back a year ago and now that, that changed uh, a lot, yeah. So that that needs, well, you need different a different skill set for that as well, or you, or you had to adapt in that as well. What was the most most important thing that you had to add to your work, or that you had to learn? Uh, sometimes actually remove something from your work to okay. just say okay. you take it or you do it. <laughs> yeah, delegate. This, uh, um, and just give people also uh, the responsibilities and 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 tasks they deserve and. I'm a guy that has a lot of energy and, and can work seven days in a row, uh, yeah, yeah. 10 days a day. It's no problem. But sometimes it's also good to say, uh, okay, I will be there tomorrow. Can you take the warm-up? Uh, because I trust that you will do it in the in the way I should also do it. I would also do it. So uh, I think that that's one of the biggest uh, things I had to learn and still learning. Um, but it was also one of the main reasons that I thought, okay, this this might be a good step to take now. Yeah, uh, because it's always been something that I, I like to um, to let people grow and 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 discover their full potential, not only with players but also with the people around me, and and that's something I would really really like to be good at uh, at some point. So I was I was waiting for the words. Yeah, yeah, it was hard for me to let go of the control, but that's not the case then. Yeah, sometimes it still is. <laughs> I'm I'm still in control in a lot of things, but uh, sometimes, uh, yeah, sometimes it is. But it's it's getting better, and it's also depending on what people do you have around you. And I think we have a a, have a great staff and and group here, um, and and we're getting more and more aligned. So yeah, that helps a lot as well. In the beginning, you're maybe more like, okay, I don't exactly know how he or she is going to do this, yeah, yeah. or and now you just know from each other. Yeah, yeah. This well, this is also interesting for coaches. If we all, as a head coach, or if, uh, if you're a head coach with a bigger organization, you have multiple assistants. What most of us always have one, or we have an intern that help is helping us, or we have somebody that's helping us on the pitch. And then you come at that point, okay, now he or he or she has to do it. But it's, I think, I think it's still my responsibility, which is bullshit, of course, because it's everybody's responsibility. <laughs> and then you have to let go. I think yeah. that's one of the most interesting. And then, okay, you see something that you should have done different. And yeah. how do you respond then? Yeah. How is that for you? Yeah, I believe in, I, yeah, I agree. That happens, of <laughs> course. But it's I, I really believe in just asking the right questions because uh, most of the people have reasons for the things they do. And sometimes you can also learn from it. Yeah. You just ask straight up, okay, why you do it this way? Or what were your thoughts about this? Or can you explain me? And then they come with it instead of saying, oh, why didn't you do it like this? Because then you're already telling someone how you would do it. Uh, but maybe they will give you an answer. That you think, oh, I didn't think about that. Or it's actually a good idea. Um, yeah. yeah. 
interesting. Well, it's an interesting process for every coach. Yeah, uh, I agree. Performance or manic, whatever. You at one point, if you want to grow, you want to do more. You have to let go of things and trust the people around you. Well, it's very simple. If you did, if you didn't educate them well, yeah, you cannot trust them. So you can always connect it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of your daily job as well. So they hired, they headhunted you as the expert. Well, make sure that you. Well, I'm assume, making an assumption here, but that you install that expertise in our staff as well. Otherwise, yeah, we have to hire five cents. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think it's also something in the Danish culture that people are quite responsible here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can also feel that in the in the whole organization. Just in, from the moment I came here, I had to be in, in summer in, in quarantine and there's a hotel at the club and the hotel room and then I didn't have to send out a single text. The kid man came to my hotel room and the food was delivered to me and I got the keys. Just everyone took the responsibilities because there was sent out one email from my yeah. from my boss. Like, okay, Sam is arriving on this day and then the kid man, okay, he needs a kit. Uh, okay, I'm going to fix this. Okay, and he needs a, a, a keys for this and this and an email address. And, and that's, yeah, you can just feel that in this company that everyone enjoys working here and, and, and takes the responsibilities in, in what they have to do. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Not only on the pitch, but but everyone in the organization. I is think is that a cultural difference compared to the Netherlands, where we are more a little bit on our own on that, or maybe yeah. more focused on our own interests a little bit more. Yeah, maybe it could be. Yeah, I don't know how to. It's at least it's different, uh, but it could also be that it's only here at the club. I don't know how it is at other clubs, of course, but I, I can know, just course, feel. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what you're... In the Netherlands, you have a lot of players that that. That tend to be well, tend to know it. They know it. Yeah. Dutch, well, we Dutch, we are the best ones in the world. At least that's what we think. It's bullshit, but we think we are in every moment, in every part. And if we ask, if somebody asks us to do something, the we the first thing we ask is why. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the uh, players are exactly the same. And the big advantage is that they are creative. They are. Uh, surprising they do things you may not think of they they take responsibility as well maybe in, in different moments right, a little bit more ego oriented yeah the danish players danish culture the more task oriented yeah a little bit more and and yeah and the the african culture even more i would say um uh yeah they they work so so hard um and uh almost do everything you, you say on the pitch because you are the coach and, and, and uh, they strong believe that you will make them a better football player. So, yeah, yeah it's not a lot of why you have an exercise. <laughs> Sometimes, of course, you will have it, but uh, no, that's, uh, yeah, for sure, less. Is that an, adva that's an advantage on the pitch or would you like to see a little bit more of the why sometimes? I think on the pitch, it's nice to just go, uh, mm. but off the pitch, when you have meetings and stuff like that, it could be nice. Ah. To have more players asking questions and 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 telling each other and 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 that's uh, also a learning process. Yeah. Because if yes, you are yeah. not used to tell someone that he's not doing his job right, then yeah, yeah it's it's hard for you to tell someone. Uh, and in the Netherlands, we all tell each other. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's a little bit tiring as well, but okay, we always have find something to critique. Yeah. But I can imagine also if you're a, maybe it's not not directly your influence, but as a coach with a group of front of you that is. That is 
used to saying yes to everything. Yes, coach. Yes, we will do it. But in a tactical meeting or in a whatever, you want to have these questions as well, because that will make the process stronger. That will make the playing style stronger. You need the players to think for themselves as well. Yeah. Um, and if this just says, yeah, you, you maybe also don't know if they understand it or not because they nod anyway. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that's in general is, is for a coach. The most important thing is that to find how each player works uh, in their communication, uh, in their uh, feedback, how, how they, they want the feedback. Some players want to be shouted. Some yeah. players don't want to be shouted. Mm-hmm. Some players need to see the video clips. Some players don't want to see the video clip. So I think it's, uh, that's, that's a big task in, especially now in modern football that the football coach knows from each play. Okay. Okay. I better not speak with this player. I just let my assistant speak with him because I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah something like this. Um, find the, for each player, the, the right way to, yeah, to really get to him because it's not working for everyone. If you just show a clip and say, Oh, you had to run a little bit more here. You had to do a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not the recipe for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and that that needs also understanding within the staff. So if you recognize something with the player, communicate yeah. with each other. Okay, if you want to accomplish something with this guy, make sure that you connect with him in that way. Um, that's of course your well, that you have a role in that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's the same in the gym or on the pitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, so your step towards Denmark was already a big development step. Now you are yeah. there. Same with your players. Your players should learn how to perform on this level, and then it's up to you to push them to the next level. Yeah, and hopefully they are they will be gone in a couple of years, because yeah. that's the whole, well, the lineup that you create for them, a pathway or a step up to to a, to a new club. How do you make sure that you that yourself that you you as a coach or as a performance coach that you are ready for the next level as well, or that you make your environment go to the next level. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, I think it's it's all to do also to challenge yourself sometimes. Step out yeah. of your comfort zone and and talk to a lot of people. Um, be vulnerable. Just send stuff sometimes to people and say, okay, well, what do you think about this? Or I made this program. I thought about this preseason and. In general, just be really open, especially within the club and with your colleagues and just ask feedback constantly because everyone will get better from that. Um, so, yeah, we have quite a good structure here also with some meetings and uh, best practice uh, meetings where we just discuss stuff uh, within our expertise and, and, and hear each other's opinions and, and trying to find the, the best middle ground and, and uh, build our philosophy. Um, so I think that's really important to to keep the conversation going yeah. um, and keep asking and giving each other feedback. So sometimes it also means that I will just watch uh, the women's game and see how the physical coach will do the warm up, or or the other way around. I invite maybe two interns to say, okay, uh, come have a look at the first team training because we're having this or this, and then ask afterwards, like, hey, what do you think about uh, how we did it, or would you done something differently, or something like that and it's talking to other experts uh from the club or outside the club is that what i uh, mean yeah also outside the club i still been in touch with some people in the netherlands of course um yeah yeah, so i think that's important sometimes also other areas of expertise or yeah okay interesting yeah because the danger can be especially 
if I hear it, you are also a little bit of a maniac in your work. That there's always something to do. That sometimes you have to stop. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? How can I improve it? But if you're always running, you're never gonna, really going to see what you're doing. Yeah, I and, agree. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you find moments. Um, is there a mentor that maybe that you go connect with? Let's say once in a while. Okay, this is my pathway. Or is there somebody coaching you? Uh, at the moment, I don't have a a coach assigned. Uh, I had one um, in the Netherlands, but it was more like on overall. Yeah. Um, but now not. But I more have I would say friends, but I could also call them mentors in in in, in life uh, where we just yeah discuss a lot of stuff and 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 also ask their opinions straight up. Like, okay, what do you think of this step, or what do you think, uh, or when I struggle with something, or I have a difficult conversation on work or whatever, just uh, talk about that. I think. Yeah. Uh, what that is will, the that last, will make... last example that you, not that you struggled with, that but that somebody that that somebody something that you found or that you learned that you that that changed your way of working. We're going a little uh, technical now, but yeah, I don't know if it changed my way of working. Something was really new for me is is um, not the the onsite job, but more the the leadership role. Okay, and of course it's nice when you're only having these meetings and building people up. But sometimes you also have to let people go, or say, "Okay, this is this is not a good fit anymore. Or we have to change something." Um, and that happened last year or last half year already. Um, and yeah, that was something new for me, of course, as well. And 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 not a nice thing. Being to do, in the but... position to decide that to, to decide. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, but that's also something what's part of this job, and um, and what eventually will hopefully make the process here at the club better. And that's something why I have to think about as well. And uh, was a, it was a good learning experience, but not a not a nice one. So, yeah. Yeah, so that means literally that you have to make the decision, okay, and then step into the room with with the person, yeah. have the talk, yeah. which exactly. you've, if I hear it, you've never done before, or not in that kind of setting. No, exactly. Interesting. No, it's part part of being a coach. Yeah. No, it's not like that. I'm telling you this now, but it's, I'm just it is that everybody knows. Yeah. yeah. This, this is part of the job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you just have to be be honest with each other and, and yeah, sometimes yeah. it is like that. Yeah. Was that is that also the most important trait there in the staff as well, being honest and trusting each other? Even though you can make a decision, you can still keep the trust alive. Yeah, I think it is. And like I said, in general, a lot of people take their own responsibilities here and, and you can only take them if, if someone else gives you the space to take them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's uh, that's a really good thing over here, and, and mainly created at least around the first team by the by the head coach, by not being um, uh, managing. No, exactly. Um, and and then you will get people that will stand up and, and say, "I will take care of this, and I will take care of this." And, and yeah, I think that's the environment you want also as a coach, um, because else people always come to you and say, "How do you want this?" or "How do you want this?" And yeah. because you're still deciding everything. Um, yeah, so I think uh, that's uh, that's a really important thing, like you said, trust. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that that is the same with players. In the first part, you you take them to the process, you you show them every detail in the gym, for example, or during a warm up. Um, but at one point, you kind of have to install these things with players as well, that they know how or that they take initiative or maybe change things for the best because they feel that it's better and they feel the space. Uh, how do you how do you install that with players? Um, 
yeah, sometimes just let them try and, and, and let them fail as well. Um, yeah, a good period is always off season, of course. Yeah. Uh, we will give them a program. We will try to track as much as possible from the program, but you never know 100% if they do the program you send. Yeah. Um, and they don't have to do the program for me or for my colleague. They, they need to have the program to do it for themselves to come back in the best shape as possible. And, and you have a lot of different examples in that in the squad. And, and that always gives me a very good idea of how players think and, and, and what kind of character they have at the moment. Um, yeah, some players come back almost overtrained. <laughs> and yeah, some yeah, players yeah. come yeah. back almost with overweight. So it's it's uh, it's also a learning process. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. That's Well, that part of coaching, and especially now during COVID, is so interesting because... Yeah. There are a lot, well, in the Netherlands, but I can imagine everywhere Then you are in this training period and then all of a sudden you cannot train anymore or whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, and then, okay, now we're going to make a program for these players and they have to do it and you have to run every day or whatever. Yeah. You have to run five miles. You have to send me the results from whatever, WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You've, you've thought it completely true as a coach and then you send it there and then, okay, then you have to no. <laughs> see what happens. And most of the time it goes completely different than you think. Yeah. Yeah, but that's also, how do you say, um, build on years of years of, of doing the same thing in and out because then the players know that it's yeah. helping them in the long run. Um, and then you don't have to tell them to prepare themselves for training in a certain way or, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, or eat directly after practice or after a game instead of just driving home when you're mad or something like that because yeah. they experience that it helped them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's almost creating these habits in the group with habits lead to culture, probably. But then um, if you would do, if for example, now in the last two years, if after, well, I'm thinking out loud here, but if you had seven different lockdowns, seven times that you couldn't train, so you, and at the seventh time, you said, okay, but now, now I'm sick of it. Now you're going to get a running program and the players can get whatever. <laughs> We already did six times without. Do you think, really think I'm going to do the sixth, the seventh one? <laughs> but if you would have started the first one, maybe yeah. five out of 20 would have done it. The second one, seven. The third one, and then it builds. And then you have these habits that that's what you mean, right? Being consistent, offering it them to them. And at one point, it becomes a habit. Exactly. And uh, all the players knew first day back in here, there will be some tests. Because we do that in the preseason yeah. in the summer and the years before it was also like that. So they know if I don't do my program, I will be screwed over in the test. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm well, <laughs> they, they will see it. So uh, some way you can also, of course, manipulate it a little bit, but it's um, it's still the player's decision and it's their career. And, and, and you are there to facilitate and to guide them in the, in the directions. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the best is, of course, that they start understanding why they do the stuff they do, uh, because they're the best. Yeah. How do you? No, are you an example in this part? Always consistent? Is it something that's natural for you? Mm, I think it's something I've learned over the years. I don't know if it's something. Yeah, I'm quite. Uh, I would say not consistent. Maybe loyal, and I'm always there, um, and and always do the things that have been asked for me. But um, in training, sometimes I 
back in the days when I was a little bit younger, I could sometimes just go a different route or let me be influenced by the, the how do you say, the vibe in the group. Or, yeah, sure. um, and sometimes that's also a good thing when you can bend a little bit and, and sure. then you get, get a little bit more from them. Uh, but I think, um, yeah, but it's something I've learned still every day how to play with them. Sometimes, like I said, you give them a little bit more and then you get a little bit more and sometimes yeah. it's the other way around. And sometimes it's just, it's did this and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, well, I'm a big believer of lead by example. So yeah, I, I'm, I also like to, to run with the boys when we have some formal running or stuff like that. That's in your WhatsApp picture and uh, whatever. I don't want to run with you, man. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's uh, stuff that, uh, that, that helps a lot to build the, the trust and, and also the understanding of the boys. Like okay. also a little bit of authority. You are the physical coach. So yeah, we are still in a football environment. So yeah. sometimes during the season, you have to show that you are, yeah that you are the example. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, there, well, this is a different thing in football, but I'm not too big of a fan of, of strong, the strong, let's say I'm the strongest here and this is with my world. And, uh, hmm. I'm looking for the, I'm have a Dutch saying in my, but in me, but I don't know the English one. So I'm not going to say it, but, okay. but the atmosphere that is okay. Only the, the survival of the fittest and the, the one that makes the big noise or the one that's the strongest is the most dominant. But as a leader, once in a while, you have to show that you are. That's also football. Yeah. Especially yeah, yeah. as a physical coach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can tell me every day what, what to do and I will do it. But sometimes I want you to, to show me as well. Or if we yeah. do the run, okay, then prove to me that you are a fit guy as well. Yeah, exactly. And you do your trainings as well and take care of your body. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 Interesting. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I've won because I'm pretty sure that the listeners are interested in this as well. It's a little bit more technical. So, okay. um, uh, if you, so we, we, we've talked about that. You set the tone in the session in more in your behavior and your body language, body language. But what is, if you look more technically, what is the most important in, 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 in the warm up or, or getting players ready to train? Um, uh... That's a difficult question to answer in one. I think it's it's very important to align uh, with the coaching staff. What will be, yeah, of course you will know that as a physical coach, but what will be the emphasis of that training? Yeah. What will be the goal? Um, and what will be the drill leading up to my warm-up? Because it doesn't make sense if I end my warm-up with long sprints and we're going to play one against once directly after. You know what I mean? So then it makes more sense to get some duels in the warm-up, maybe with some accelerations, decelerations. Uh, so I'm a strong believer that it, that it just fits within uh, the, the picture of the training that, that is designed. Um, and it doesn't always have to, to lead up exactly, like I said, now acceleration, deceleration, and 1v1s. But at least uh, the systems you are training in your warm-up or, yep. or preparing – it should be used in training as well. Um, so, so I think that's a important factor of, of the warm up. And then I'm also a strong believer. I'm if I'm playing games with my family, I'm also I always want to win. And uh, games everywhere, or when I, yeah, participate in a in a run or in a in a, an Ironman or whatever, I want to be the best on that moment. Um, 
and that is also with the football players because they're all professional football players and they like to win. So I I tend to like to do a lot of gamification in my in my warm ups yeah. as well to have a lot of competition and um, yeah just battles between each other and it can be found in all different areas. The easiest one is just making estafettes and, and, and do runs, but it could also be in, in maybe some yeah more dual kind of things. Could also be in more thinking or yeah. reacting to each other. Uh sometimes include the ball and, and, and ask some cooperation from from uh the assistant coaches. So yeah try to mix it up uh, a lot. Yeah, so variety and al- and alignment. Those are the two keywords. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm thinking now about my situation where, well, other situations that were, where there's not a staff included. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of coaches make the mistake. Okay. We do the warm up or we let the players do the warm up and then I do the next drill. So within your own drill, a drills um, order, you have to align it as well. I agree. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think, well, I, I, well, yeah, I think. I, no, I think it's true actually that a lot of coaches, okay, the warm up is the warm up. It's roughly the same every time, but the next session is different every time. And if you don't think about that, uh, whether it's youth or seniors, then there's no alignment, even if you're doing both exercises yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Um, and, and the body adapts quite quickly. So if you're doing the same thing every day, then you have to ask yourself the question as well. What's the effect of my, training and and warm up is also training uh, because if it's not going to develop something or help in or contribute in any way then you rather just skip it <laughs> and, yeah. and and use the time for something else so yeah uh if i see players just only run three laps uh and then yeah if it's uh i think uh, sometimes the time can be spent more useful um yeah even for coaches yeah yeah well i completely agree it's good that you pick out these two things because it's very easy to manage. You can just write down, okay, this and this and this is what I do. Look at your time. Yeah. Am, I being, am I being different every time? You don't have to be different every time, but, but is there some variety in there? And is it connected to the thing that I do after? Yeah. That, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. For example, on a, on, a, on a match day minus one, so the day before the game, I, I always uh, end my warm-up with a, with a small game. So a small race competition element just to get the vibe in there yeah. but if we have a really tactical session let's say in 11 v 11 with a lot of set pieces or something like this uh then i rather just prepare them physically because they will have to do a lot of mental stuff yeah. anyway in the, in the training session so um and sometimes when i see a training session where there will not be a lot of sprinting but more small possession games or small passing drills. Sometimes I, I tell the coach, okay, uh, we can start with the ball right away. It's no problem. Uh, start in a small rondo uh, or, or whatever, something like this. So um, I think that's the key because if you do it every day in the same way, it's the same with football. I think uh, if you do every Thursday afternoon the same drill and then Friday morning the same drill, then plays at some point also, okay, here yeah. we go again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. That's what that you'll see in your in, in their enthusiasm, etc. But yeah, yeah, well, very clear. Okay, th- that's that's very valuable for everybody who's listening for sure. Okay, um, we talked about your development and the way. Well, somewhere along the line in your busy days, that you maybe find some minutes here and there, and then you have a young kid, which is not very helpful in reading. <laughs> I have, I'm, I've. Com- you know, been complaining about this already for a long time in this podcast. No, I'm 
it doesn't help reading. I have to be fair. <laughs> no. um, but are you a reader? Yeah, like you said, at the moment, not as much as I want to. Ten, um, ten and a half months. So everybody knows, okay, which means diapers, means breaking yeah. breaking your night off, whatever. But okay. Yeah. No, so and I'm I have to admit I I will I'm not the guy that takes a book and just uh, read a fic fiction or something like this. Okay. I'm always reading books to get something out of it. Uh and now with all the podcasts and, and sometimes small clips about stuff coming up i i yeah. use that a lot to to gather my information or inspiration um but i i, I still like to read books but for me it's uh most times purely uh sucking up information or yeah. getting new insights is there one on your nightstand that's been there for a while already maybe um, well that's no. the case we have to, there's five books next to me i all want all want to read them there or they're already there for five months yeah i i have, I have so few lying down but uh <laughs> Yeah, so one of the books I, I want to highlight is, uh, but it's not on my nice, it's, it's on my desk downstairs <laughs> because okay, it's more okay. related. Uh, it's uh, Game Changers from uh, Fergus Connolly. Okay. Um, and um, he's writing about the art of, of sports science, but then in a, in a way actually where he's a sports scientist himself and worked in a lot of professional settings in, in the States as well and, and everywhere, but um, that sometimes we can lose ourselves a little bit in the numbers and in everything. So yeah, one of the things he wrote and I also like it, it if you can measure something, it doesn't mean that you need to measure it. And, and um, it's a really thick book. So there are a lot of more stuff in there, but, but it's uh, something, yeah, some, it's a book that I take quite often and just uh, look through and, and pick out some stuff. I think uh, one of our previous guests had this as well. I don't know yeah. who I forgot it. Could be. But uh, okay. it, that it that it it's kind of the opposite um, about of Moneyball. So where they take out the feeling, and here they connect the feeling back in, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm a strong believer of of, of that. But that's a different topic. But giving context to the data, yeah. it's not only about uh, looking at the numbers. But uh, yeah, that that that's one. And then I had one more that I just wanted to highlight, but that's actually something opposite. I'm also quite interested in entrepreneurship and stuff you are doing. And uh, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of um, a book called um, from David Allen, Getting Things Done. Yeah, um, I actually did the course. All right. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, and I use that system on a daily basis just to get all the things that, and especially now in a, in a, in a role where you also, um, yeah, more of a leader. I think it's so important to 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 keep track of time and and don't forget yeah. all the things. And and uh, like he says, the head is not made for re remembering stuff. So just write it down, get it out there. Yeah, that's one of the best advices in there. Yeah, exactly. So that was just two of them that I thought that could be interesting for the listeners. But yeah, the David Allen book, the getting things done, is something different. It's not about football, but it's more about more managing your life. Yeah, productivity. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, the first thing I thought, okay, I need a list, and then you need another list, and I've need a list. I go, what, what, what am I doing here? And then I put it all in my phone. And I, had this, I had a grocery list and a to-do list and a waiting list, calling list. I had these yeah, calling yeah. lists, and then now I tweaked it a little back. So now I have, uh, because I've, I have this platform and there are other things I do as well, so I have it categorized, and then every day I take out, okay, these three, four, five things I want to do. For the next day and then try to get it organized and now if i tell it like this i 
Everybody thinks, oh, he's so structured, but it's chaos every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so structured, though. No, I, I have to say, I can sell it like I'm very structured. But... Yeah, yeah. No, but it's uh, it's all about making it that it works for you. Uh, and I have to say, I, I use my calendar a lot because it, because if it's in my calendar, I know I will not forget it and I will do it. Yeah. Um, and then I just have a random list where I put up all the stuff and every week I would just go through the list and say, oh, yeah, I, the mind sweep and or getting organized once yeah. a week. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I can. Well, it's definitely to recommend to everybody to to find yeah. for because, so especially also as a coach, you have so many things, you have so many yeah. players, you have so many people you want to talk to, so many things you have to do. Exactly. Um, it's really helpful <clears throat> to well, especially that the thing that your mind is not made to remember things. That's the best advice I've ever had because yeah, I'll I'll do it later. I'll think of it. <laughs> and I am a guy that if I'm in the living room and I'm walking in the kitchen that I'm end up in the kitchen not knowing why i went to the kitchen yeah exactly oh, yeah. yeah and it also limits your ability to be creative and 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 uh because if it's out of your mind and you know it's somewhere stored you know uh, tomorrow i wake up and i open my laptop and i see what i have to do so tonight yeah. i can whatever uh yeah. don't i don't have to think about it so we're not going to go into this hours but yeah the main thing that i learned is that first you need to Build the trust for yourself. So you need to show yeah. that you can trust yourself. Yeah. Because if you don't write it down, you cannot trust this process. No. That was interesting. No. And I that took me a lot of time to be consistent in okay, everything that happens, I need to write down. Otherwise, you can still not trust myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But also the last thing, and also the small rule that he has, if it takes you less than two minutes, yeah, just do it straight away. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. That's just I, I like to think about those. Yeah, things. Funny, funny. Okay, yeah. Well, very valuable. We we just sold a couple of courses of getting <laughs> yeah. some David Allen small commission inputs. Okay. okay. Well, oh, we 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 did talk a lot already. Yeah. Not cool. within an hour again. I no. On this every time, but uh, no, it's it's very interesting to talk to you. And um, thank you. Yeah. I like uh, the way you well you took a new environment on. Uh, what the, yeah, you know, what I I like to hear about, about the culture, about the the structure that's already aligned. I think a lot of coaches are wanting to work in such an environment, whether it's professional or amateur level. The structure always helps, and the uh, the way that you have to deal with young talents and what it what does it bring into your daily work and how do you have to adapt. So that's very interesting to hear. So thank you for that. No worries. Is there anything that we missed? No, I don't think so. Um, was uh, it went by quick? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. And then we sold some courses of getting things done, which is also fun. yeah, yeah, it was also good. <laughs> no, it's great. Okay, Perfect. who should we talk to next? Yeah, I think you already mentioned it, but I think it could be quite interesting to get uh, Teddy Teddy Peters on board. Yeah. Um, works at uh, Lyon now. Uh, yeah. Uh, or uh, Jarno. And maybe he's already mentioned by Colin as well, but uh, Jarno Vornhold, he's working at uh, Groningen at the moment. Uh, also a good friend of mine. And we're actually all in the same WhatsApp group. So I just cool. <laughs> would call in. And, uh, who's next? <laughs> yeah. no, we're, we're in a WhatsApp group with the four of you. No, it's even more. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. So okay. just some physical coaches. But uh, yeah, more like where we just share thoughts and ideas. But um, yeah, I think Jarno also has a cool story uh, and a nice guy to talk with. Great. Well, yeah, Teddy has a little bit more of an international role, maybe, yeah. and uh, Jarno has a more of a Dutch uh, influence, maybe so far. But um, yeah, yeah. 
I've been there for a lot of years, so uh, you can talk a lot about uh, setting standards and building culture. <laughs> so you're yeah. keeping it in the, in the performance uh, in the performance roles, which is interesting. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. we're going anywhere with this podcast. Yeah, exactly. And, um, uh, but I like. It. I think. Well, it's interesting, for especially. No, is it one? Then we'll finish up. But as a coach, as a team coach, you need to know everything. Well, not everything, but you need to know a little bit about everything. Yeah. You are the the head coach. You're responsible. You're responsible for the performance as well. So if you cannot align with your performance coach, it's not going to work. Um, so we don't have to go all depth with all the physical knowledge that you have. But at least if we get in touch with the way you work and how it's working, it's going to help a coach as well. Yeah, I agree. But it's also the other way around, to be honest. The physical coach also needs to talk the language of a football coach. Yeah. And I think uh, that's uh, that's even as important uh, as the other way around. But yeah, uh, like you said, it's all Did, you, did you do anything to invest in that part for yourself? I, I played football until I was 16, 17, and I've always been in love with the game. So there was... There's a natural yeah. passion there. <clears throat> yeah, and I always knew that I wanted to be in the area of football, but uh, um, no, not, I didn't follow any football course, training sure. courses, no. Uh, uh. But maybe later on <laughs> yeah know. well maybe that when was we had discussion should a team coach do a goalkeeper uh, course or uh, the other way around uh, or in, in this case should a performance coach do a let's say a base course on football which makes, makes yeah. your life probably could be could make your life a little bit easier as well yeah or, yeah I it's an interesting discussion i agree yeah let's do it the next time yeah cool okay thank you sam thank you very okay. much enjoy thanks it. for having and, me uh, a lot of Good luck in, uh, uh, well, performance, performing and developing both uh, yeah. at your club. But yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for having me. Interesting to keep following. Good. Bye. See you.